Hey there, warriors. Welcome to another episode of Warriors and Hope with Valerie Silvera. I'm glad to be here with you today. I've been working so hard on my app, literally to the point where I'm recording this a day before it's going to drop uh, in the podcast app. So I am way behind in podcasting, but I'm definitely still coming at you weekly. I'm really excited about this app and I can't wait for you to see it and be a part of it. And um, just make sure you're connected with me at warriorsandhope.com or go to valeriesilvera.com and you'll find the link there. And um, let's just make sure you find out about this app because it is also going to include podcast episodes, which is very exciting. And we're going to make them available a couple of days prior to when you can get them on a podcast app. So you won't have to go to your podcast app. You'll be able to get everything right in, in our Warriors and Hope app. So getting really excited about that. But today I wanted to talk to you about grief and really the concept that grief, it's the price we pay for love. And, you know, nobody enjoys grief, right? Nobody wishes that would be a part of their life. Nobody looks forward to it. And, and we grieve for many different reasons. Obviously, we, we grieve when we lose somebody, when they die. It could be that you're grieving the loss of a relationship. It could be a marriage or a, a love interest or a friendship. Uh, it, and we even grieve time, right? We grieve some of our past situations. We have nostalgia and we, we kind of can grieve that we aren't living in that time anymore, in that circumstance. We might grieve a position, a job. I mean, maybe we even grieve our youth. But today I specifically wanted to chat about the grief that we feel when we lose somebody or when that person is still alive, but we've lost them. We've lost who they were, the relationship that we used to have. So while I said there are other ways that we can grieve, situations and jobs and things like that, but I'm, I'm specifically talking about grieving people. And, it you know, it's kind of interesting because when we think of grief, obviously the number one thing is somebody dies. But I know from living for 15 years with my daughter, Jamie, and her addiction, that I was grieving somebody who was alive. And in certain ways, it was more difficult that way. Because once she died, I, I didn't have any hope that our relationship would be restored, that she would be clean, you know, so that's you know, obviously that's huge that you have that hope taken away. But at the same time, I know what the situation is, right? It, it's been written. It's happened. It is what it is. That constant, constant hope and disappointment cycle that people live in with these situations, especially with somebody in addiction, it's just really constant grief. And then it can be a deep grief and then, oh, some hope. Okay, well, I don't have to grieve anymore. And then boom, back you go. And it's just kind of this, this roller coaster and this, you know, cyclone of grief. 
So I know when, when Jamie was in her addiction, I was definitely grieving all sorts of situations. And I know you can relate to this no matter who you are grieving. There was no high school graduation. In fact, there wasn't even a high school completion. Jamie, when she was 16 years old, she decided, nope, I don't want to go to this school. Oh, let me go to this other school. Nope, don't want to go to school at all. So I became certified as a homeschool teacher. Just, I mean, trying to figure out what to do with this situation. I got to get her through. She's got to at least get some kind of certificate of graduation. How is she going to get a job? How is she going to move forward in her life? So I become certified. And the first order of business is that you have them tested. And you kind of see where they are. Where, where should we start? So Jamie tests college level in every subject except for math. And that was just, she was where she was supposed to be in math. So she kind of looked at me and went, you know, okay, we're good. Don't need to go to high school anymore. Obviously I'm good. So I issued her her homeschool certificate and off we went. Even though knowing that that homeschool certificate might not be as recognizable, as a public school system certificate, it was all I knew how to do. So I grieved because Jamie was always a good student prior to, you know, when all hell broke loose. So I grieved that that situation. I, I grieved that she wasn't going to have an actual college or excuse me, high school diploma. And then of course I grieved that there was no high school graduation. There was no exciting new job. She barely ever had a job. There was no engagement or marriage, no new home that, that was really a, an acceptable place to live. There were no lunches where, you know, mother and daughter lunches and, you know, the holidays and the birthdays. So this grief just is constant. And I mean, and it'll, it can overtake you unless you learn how to manage it, which is really what I've done with my nine weapons of hope. And by the way, when we get our app up, which is going to be very soon, there will be some great free resources, but for the subscription option, which is really incredibly low amount that I'm going to be charging, at least initially, uh, you'll get the nine weapons of hope. And so I've really got them pared down to really honed in. So even if you work the nine actions, I think it would be really amazing for you to have access to the nine weapons of hope. But these are literally the things that I did to overcome the grip of grief. I mean, we can't, I've got a permanent hole in my heart. It's not going anywhere, but we can definitely overcome the grip that the grief has over us, the hold, the constantness of it. Is that even a word? Constantness? <laughs> so when we think about grief, again, we, we wish we didn't have to have it. You know, it's a part of the deal on planet earth. We could avoid we could avoid grief, actually, but there would be a cost. And the cost is bigger than any amount of money imaginable. The cost is that we don't love anybody. I think that cost would be far worse than any grief we experience. So grief is the price we pay for love. It's something we just have to accept. We grieve our parents, our grandparents, and those are the cycle of life. If our parents and our grandparents die at an age that, you know, seems 
an average age that somebody would pass away, then that is maybe easier to take, but it still hurts. It still hurts depending on how deeply you were involved in that relationship, how much you loved them, how much time you spent with them, all sorts of factors. It can really doesn't matter. They died when they're a hundred. You have grief. And then there's this grief when things are out of order. I mean, I feel like I want to get the big gavel and pound it on the desk and say, God, you're out of order. Because my daughter died when she was 30. I wonder if that's how my mother-in-law felt when she lost her son, Rich's only sibling, when he was 14. He just suddenly died of a heart condition. Nobody had any idea that he had. He was perfectly, seemingly perfectly healthy. You know, he did all sorts of sports and, and uh, just, he just died suddenly. And, you know, people didn't talk about things as much back in those days. They didn't really, they just kind of dealt with it. Although we found out decades later, toward the end of Rich's mom's life, that Emily was on antidepressants that she'd been on for decades. And she said it was because of Bradley. So, you know, that, that grief, I wonder if she felt like that. This is out of order. Those ones are a little harder to take because we want answers for things, right? We have inquiring minds. We want to understand. We want to make sense of the world. And that there's just no sense in that. That's one of, in my nine weapons of hope, one of the sections in one of the weapons, I call some things don't make sense. And I give you some advice on what to do with those things that don't make any sense. It's out of order. So I do well, you know, the, the you that you see out in the world, the you that you hear on podcasts, it's me. It's the real me. I don't change on podcasts. I don't change at an event. I don't change when I'm doing a video. I don't change when I'm out with friends. It, I'm, I'm me. If you knew me personally, you would say, yep, that's her all the time. Now, I'm not the same. I don't have the same days, <laughs> you know, every moment of every day, the same, you know, feelings and, and attitudes. And I just, I work on it, but you know, obviously, but for the most part, you would say, oh, wow, she's just like she is on the podcast. But sometimes the hole in my heart physically aches. I mean, physically aches. And sometimes I cry out and I say, Jamie, why did you have to do this? And why did you have to go? And all of the things that I know make no sense, but sometimes I just have to do it. And sometimes I say, God, why? Why? Oh man, no, Jamie, you can't be gone. I have those moments, my friends. I do. It's grief. And you've heard me say this before, that I made a deal with the hole in my heart because I, I understood very early on after Jamie's death that this death, what for me was different than any others. And I've grieved for other people, trust me. But this one was different. And I knew that the hole in my heart was never going to shrink the hole in my heart for my grandparents, for instance, has shrunk over time. I still miss them. I still have nostalgic moments, but it, it, it's, it's shrunk. And I think maybe that's sort of normal. But I realized with Jamie that I'm better at managing grief. I'm better at accepting it. I'm better at, you know, going out and making something good out of the situation. So I'm better at living with the hole, but it hasn't changed. The size of it is still the same. And so there are even moments still when 
my nieces and nephews are all having children and I know that's never going to happen with Jamie. I grieve every now and then what she could have done to change the world. And then I have to just go, well, maybe she's a part of me helping to change my little part of the world. And that has to be acceptable. The pain in our loss can seem so huge that the cost is too high. You know, I mean, have you ever known somebody who had a divorce or had a breakup and they were so in love and they thought, you know, I'm never going to go out with anyone ever again. I'm never getting married. I'm never going to fall in love again. It's that reaction, right? That recoil that says, I don't want to fall in love again because this pain is too much. But if we really think about it, if we're really, I mean, if we really consider all of the angles, would we really want to miss out on the love? Have you heard the Garth Brooks song called The Dance? It's, it makes me cry, but it's a song that I so relate to the words when I think about Jamie especially. But I want you to really get the meaning of it. And even if you know this song, just listen to the words again. It's called The Dance. Looking back on the memory of the dance we shared neath the stars above, for a moment, all the world was right. But how could I have known that you'd ever say goodbye? And now I'm glad I didn't know the way it all would end, the way it all would go. Our lives are better left to chance. I could have missed the pain, but I'd have had to miss the dance. You know, in thinking about Jamie, she could have sung that for you. She had a beautiful singing voice. She and I did not share that little piece of DNA in the slightest. I can't sing at all. So, but if you don't know that song, check it out. I could have missed the pain, but I'd have had to miss the dance. And so we have to think about that and just accept and be so grateful. I am grateful that I have this hole in my heart, that it still aches sometimes. I'm grateful because that is proof of the blessing, the blessing of being Jamie's mom, of getting to be her mom for 30 years, even though 15 of them were so painful. I would do it all over again. Knowing everything I know now, I'd do it again. I would never have wanted to miss out on knowing Jamie, loving her, and being her mom. So we can all avoid the pain, but we'd have to miss the dance.